Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, listeners of Asian Bitches Down Under. Jababe. Thank you so much for your continued support throughout this super crazy year. We're really grateful for all your kind words and encouragements as well as the discussions that we had throughout the year. It had really helped us and also this podcast to gain a great exposure as our mission is to center the perspectives by the people who look like us, such as women of color and also people who are marginalized historically to the sideline of conversation. So if you haven't already, we encourage you to subscribe to our podcast on Acast, Apple, Google and Spotify. We also encourage engagement through our Facebook and Instagram platforms. We truly appreciate the support that you are really helping us to increase the visibility of different perspectives. Enjoy today's show. Hey y'all, this is Jessie Too. Hi, uh, this is Helen. And you're listening to Asian Bitches Down Under, where it is a week before Christmas. And when I think about this, Helen, yeah, we're recording on a Friday morning. It's a week before Christmas, and I always think when I count down to Christmas, I'm not like a huge Christmas, you know, crazy, psychotic person. But like, I always think about um, the beginning of Love Actually, where they have like... (laughs) Like yes. the the play play card was like five weeks till Christmas and people yeah. going crazy or maybe the that countdowns. was like yeah countdown or maybe that was like jingle all the way or there was just some film oh I know serendipity Christmas was films. a film at the beginning where <laughs> yeah Christmas films where like um in the beginning there's like heaps of shoppers shoppers in going crazy and this is always in America because America is the king of consumerism um yeah. and and like there's there was a character in the beginning of serendipity who um, Kate Beckinsale was like, uh, dude, calm down. Oh, no, maybe it was John Cusack was like, dude, calm down. And then he was like, it's a week before Christmas and you're telling me to calm down. And I just remember thinking, it's just it's just like uh, some silly holiday that a bunch of Christians made up and then suddenly the world mm. has made it into this serious thing. And yeah. really that's what we, Helen and I are going to rant about today, like how ridiculous it is that um, a lot of us just – put pressure on ourselves to make these, you know, these these couple of fairy weeks tales. throughout summer. <laughs> uh, just like perfect, yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of pressure to see family, friends, to buy the perfect gift, mm. to be a certain way. And and it's always precarious when we're around family, isn't it? Yeah, Isn't that it right? Is. Like, because all of us inevitably have some sort of conflict with family mm-hmm. members, I think, I think there are no perfect families. Yeah. Before that, before we jump into our catch-up and also our main topic today, um, we just want to, well, at least I need to (laughs) apologise. I should be, this should be calling an apology because we are recording this on Friday morning, as Jesse said. We usually record on Thursday um, around midday and we Mm. arranged to catch up yesterday because it's school holidays and I can drive down to Sydney with the kids. But my car yeah. was broke down on the way there. Your car? What happened to your car? You broke down. Yeah, I had a flat tire and then I okay, had to well, get... Well, that's different to breaking down. Oh, well, <laughs> mechanically, everything is associated with cars broken down to me if you can't drive the car. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So I got the roadside assistant to come in to help me to change the tire, which is very... I feel so inadequate. <laughs> like, I don't know how to... Like, I feel not confident. Actually, I don't feel yeah. confident changing tire with you know Isn't such a big terrible? weight. Yeah, 
and it was really know, hard. Yeah. And I was with my youngest child, and then That's he terrible. he yeah. found out that there's something wrong with the um what was it called? What was it called? Um, wheel start. So I had to go and get it fixed at the tire auto mm. shop. So I had I drove there, and it pretty much just not ruined the whole afternoon, but that just consumed the whole whole afternoon where we were planning to record. Together down in Sydney. Yeah, I know there was already a listener asking on our Instagram <laughs> saying that uh, where's the new episode? H- hasn't seen it on Apple or Spotify now. So oh, that's flattering. Yeah, so we will quickly upload this once we record it. Yeah, I, I was thinking like it's part of the whole mayhem, isn't it? The the stresses of trying to、mm. get things done in a short space of time, but really.、Um, The upcoming week is just like any other week during the during the year. Hey,、yeah. it's just、um, there seems to be like I I've been thinking a lot about Christmas and what it means. And because a lot of my closest friends don't celebrate Christmas, they're、mm-hmm. really cool.、Mm-hmm. Like they don't make a big fuss of it. Like one of them is、um, estranged from her family. Another one is Muslim.、Um, like、mm-hmm. I think if you're if you have a diverse number of if you have a diverse range of friends, you know. That Christmas is really not such a big deal, and、mm-hmm. and that's totally capitalized by, you know, our mainstream society. And I also realize it's completely toxically heteronormative.、Mm-hmm. Like Christmas, if you see the Christmas ads like Coles, Woolworths, or whatever, like when I was growing up, all I, all the ads during Christmas time were like white people, like in cloth linen cloths around like um, like a table set outside, um. For an ad for Maya,、mm-hmm. or like Christmas time, it would be seafood. You know, like a family gathering around seafood, sharing prawns and shit like that.、Yeah. And I realized that、um, the idea of Christmas and this whole celebration is really fucking heteronormative. Like it's based around the nucleus family. Yeah. And、course. a lot of people out there are, do not subscribe to that kind of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's just like I'm just beginning to like. I hope, I hope that in a few years' time. I won't. I won't think of it as just this. Like, I like. It's a lot of fun because you and I we're part of a very heteronormative family, and、mm-hmm. it is fun.、Mm-hmm. Um, and we're lucky that we get along, you know. But、um, I'm also going to see like next week on Christmas Day. I'm also going to see heaps of my friends who don't celebrate Christmas, and that for me is very like just as meaningful as seeing my family.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So should we just talk about what? Do you want to jump into our main topic today, right now, or because you just mentioned?、Um, no, or, I well, I just wanted to mention a few things.、Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, like Helen said, it's Friday morning at the moment. Gladys Berejiklian has just held a press conference about an hour and a half ago about twenty-eight new cases in Sydney, the Northern、mm-hmm. Beaches,、um, and I, I just—I mean—it's pretty shocking that in the last twenty-four hours the, the numbers have climbed so, you know, have escalated so quickly. I think it just reminds me that,、um, like yesterday when I was at Broadway, I was wearing a mask just to return something that didn't work, and、um, I was just shocked by not the like the amount of people there. The number of people wasn't shocking because it's you know so close to Christmas, but nobody was wearing a mask.、Mm. Everyone was just there were so many people,、um, and I think、uh, like it's so f- ironic that this is not ironic, but it's just. It's almost like a joke that God is playing on Sydney, because、um, you know how I bag out Sydney so much.、Um, it's almost like、um, God is poking, like making a joke out of the fact that we have been so complacent. Like a lot of Sydney people, Sydney siders, don't like wear masks. They、um, they don't keep to the lot of precautions that the government, you know, healthcare providers、mm-hmm. um, are recommending. And it just it seems to me it's like 
the same feeling I get when someone who's like overconfident in high school, um, something happens to them, like they break a leg the day before their race or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like there's something very cocky about Sydney people that I find like, oh, this is God's way of saying you guys should stop being so cocky and complacent and that and that you should be careful and watch out that you know like something as serious as this pandemic you're not above or beyond it Mm -hmm. you know all of us are affected by it and yeah just like i I don't know and i i'm also frustrated that the premier hasn't just like mandated that everyone wear masks on public transport like i think during the press conference she was like i strongly recommend everyone who goes on buses and trains wear masks and i'm like what the fuck just like say just why don't you just make it a law that you have to wear it? I don't understand. Okay. I mean, what is what kind of what extra effort does it take to put on a mask? Well, I think it goes back to very beginning of the pen, when the pandemic uh, started. I know that we haven't been talking about COVID on our podcast that much because we're trying to avoid the stress of thinking about it. But it's just up to me, the people who choose not to wear masks because there's also a sense of not not privacy or insecurity, but I think with Western culture, they always feel like there should be a transparency with your facial features. What I mean is that there's always a negative idea about masking your face. You know, how we mm. looked at... Right. People who wear burkas. Yeah, people wear burkas yeah, Muslim and people women. who are yeah. um, just shooting your face. It's it's kind of like a connotation of you're trying to um, hide something. Yeah, or and, obscure some, hide some secret. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and with Western cultures, especially that I, I know that with US, that you just they were just given too far too much freedom that it's just mm. causing a lot of problems with the whole society. But people like that, they just if essentially they're just selfish they you're not talking about freedom you're talking about selfish behaviors of yeah not, exactly if you don't want to protect yourself that's fine but you know there's other people eventually i think human race you you should be cooperating and also i think liberal they might this might sound a bit controversy i don't know if it's controversy is the word but i think with new south wales that because it's under liberal government they will care more about the economy mm. rather than people's life. Yeah, yeah. I did see that Zali Stegel came out today to say, like, one of her things was like, oh, um, now that the northern beaches are kind of lo- in lockdown, um, businesses will be horrifyingly struggling. And I'm like, I like, I like, obviously, like, I'm not saying this is a bad, like, I'm not disagreeing that that, that is bad, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying... Like, I understand if you're a business owner, these are, this is like seriously bad, bad, bad. Like, I'm not disagreeing, but like mm. you say, um, it's about, uh, like, don't our health come first, mm. you know? Mm. I think with Liberal government, they will still put money first. Mm. I think that's why they will still want people to go out. Like, yeah. Gladys would say that only three days, stay at home for three days. How can you be sure that within three days, like, the yeah. symptoms doesn't come, you know, they will appear within 14 days. Three days is not enough. Yeah, yeah. I think staying at home. I think it's like, I I was just telling Billy before we started recording that I my feeling is that, like, I, I'm predicting that um, Sydney will go into another lockdown because the cases seem mm. to be spreading so quickly that yes. in the next week or so, um, something crazy will happen. 
mm-hmm. um, and it'll be really bad. So I think I'm going to try and just not do anything outside. Like I, I'm so scared <laughs> to go out and buy fruit now. <laughs> um, and I live in the inner west of Sydney, but yeah, I just don't want to go anywhere near anyone at the moment. Yeah, for like we want everyone to stay safe. Like, yeah, even exactly. If you go out, just wear yeah. masks and yeah, don't be selfish. <laughs> Well, Billy and I were supposed to go see The Dry in the cinemas this afternoon, but then, mm. unfortunately, we cancelled that because we mm. don't want to expose ourselves unnecessarily. But um, for anyone who doesn't know Dry, The Dry is the hu- is hugely a successful book, book by mm. Jane Harper that I've read when it came out. It was so good. I usually don't write, write, read genre fiction, but that was so good. And Eric Banner plays the main character in this um, film adaptation, so... Love him. Um, yeah, so, and um, I guess this week, we, I've, we've, Billy and Carl and I have just been going through um, Sex and the City a lot. We're mm-hmm. in the set, uh, third season now. It's epically, like, f- so, like, I have never laughed so much in my life every time <laughs> I get together with those guys. And, like, the way that we just critique the show, it's aged really, really badly. It's, like, yeah. very, very heteronormative and... Like all the men are awful in the show and bland, and all the women are completely like just fucked up in the head and obsessed with money. Like Billy was saying, it should be money and the city, not sex and the city. Like all the mm. women are attracted to money, especially mm-hmm. Charlotte. Um, and it's so in- just it's so interesting to talk to them about it. Two gay guys who can just see the fucked up messages that the show inherently tries to espouse. Like, have you seen mm-hmm. it, Helen? I don't watch. I don't think I. Yeah, ever Helen liked, doesn't like um, white I, women shows. <laughs> I do watch that. I watch it. I watch the Richard, which is the yeah, one that right. I really enjoy. Um, yeah. No, Sex and the City never appealed to me to watch it. I don't know why. I just don't want to watch. I think it's something. What we were growing up, Dad said something about that. He really hated American sitcoms, and he right. really, really hated um, sitcoms that was set. At, uh, in New York about this bunch of not even middle class you know usually it will be like upper class yeah like, they're so rich yeah. and you wonder uh, why I mean Carrie just writes a column at in some like stupid newspaper like the Daily Telegraph it's a New York Post I think like as if she can afford uh-huh. that apartment and yeah, those Jimmy Choo shoes they're just, just usually very out of reality right like I remember that when I think when Friends came out and I mean, we don't really watch Friends. So no, sometimes, thank God. I hate yeah. Friends so much. It's so fucking basic. Yeah, sometimes when it's appear on the... If it's on the TV, you know, we're randomly browsing the channel. Yeah. They will always yeah. say, is, why the hell isn't these people working? How can they afford these apartments? That always yeah. throws in the questions of reality. Yeah, like, I love that. Why, why are they... What, what kind of work do they do? How can yeah. they just sit around the, the all day long chatting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's well, the Asian dad thing, you know? Yeah, I love that. Um, well, it's the same with like any other show. I feel like mm. it was with Sex and the City, you never see the women work. You see like Carrie type away at her laptop for like three seconds of the show. <laughs> you never, yeah. you hardly ever see Charlotte in the gallery. You hardly ever see Miranda working as a lawyer. You hardly ever see Samantha. Like you never see the women working. It's it's just always them just like having their long lunches and drinking Drinking, cocktails and then fucking yeah drink uh, loads of fucking yeah i'm gonna actually think about doing like one whole episode where i just talk about the problems how problematic sex in the city is yeah yeah that'd be good yeah 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 put that in our notes before we take a break and launch into our um holiday blues 
conversation. I started, I wanted to mention that I started a novel this week called My Dark Vanessa by Mm -hmm. Kate Elizabeth Russell. So that was gifted to me by a guy, a good friend of mine in my White Hipster Book Club. You know, mm-hmm. I, I told you about my White Hips Book Club and mm-hmm. how we gift gifts. Yeah, so, um, and I've been desperate to go back to reading a novel because I finished my latest review for the SMH. Um, it was about WikiLeaks, um, I think yesterday yep. or the day before. Uh-huh. And yep. I feel like when there's not, when I don't have a novel going in my life, I feel there's like, it's almost like I feel empty somehow. Mm-hmm. Some, some part of me feels empty when I don't have like a novel that I'm reading mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So I've been desperate and I'm really happy. So far it's really, it's like very basically written, um, but it's uh, it's a story about a woman who had a relationship when she was 15 with her English teacher um, who was like in his 40s. And uh, the novel is now set in like post Me Too era. And it's very much like Emily Maguire's Taming the Beast, um, mm-hmm. the premise at, at least. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing where that, where the story develop, how it develops. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That sounds interesting. How about you? What are you reading? Oh, um, I finished uh, Coconut Children last week, which I didn't mention last um, podcast. Um, I thought it was, it was only okay, I think, because it was written for the era during the 90s, and it's slightly like looking for Ella Brandy. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so it's a coming Love of age book coming of the age for high school students I think um, I left it for Luke my son to read it but it's also slightly confusing because there's a there's some I wouldn't say conversation but there are phrases in Vietnamese which there wasn't translation for it but I'm kind of disappointed because usually if there's another language involved with in the novel or the book that I'm reading usually mm. they'll have like a I don't know like a note down mm. at the bottom of the page or at the end of the book saying that you know with an asterisk saying that oh there's a translation what they say well maybe they don't want to translate it because yeah. they want maybe they don't to want to translate and... yeah, yeah perhaps or they it want was you just to go a... out and find out yeah or it was just targeted mostly for vietnamese immigrant readers yeah but the story was good i think it's it, it talks about you can really see the narratives of teenage boys coming up to the age of how and the, the sort of problems that uh, or the issues and the challenges that immigrant families, particularly coming from, you know, Vietnamese backgrounds mm. that they mm-hmm. face um, with the parents who are refugees and the trauma they will have to get through. Yeah. yeah. Things like that. And I'm currently reading Educator by Tara Westover. Is it Tara yeah, Westover? which is like yeah. a crazy book that everyone read three years ago or something like that. Yeah, it's just I, I I heard about it, but I didn't pick it up until just this week. But it's yeah, really, your son yeah, read it Luke, when it came out. Luke said it was a really good. It's a really good book. Okay, it's only like been three days, and I'm already halfway through. So I think it's very easily like I think it's very easy to read. Initially, okay, cool. I thought um, the style of the writing style is definitely a very easy flow and the story of okay. her upbringing is certainly <laughs> very extremely astonishing to me. I mean, I know yeah. about the Mormon lifestyle, but mm. this one is definitely like a further, some kind of like cultness that her parents believe about life and the constant yeah. physical pains that she had went through. Like yeah. I'm just thinking, I'm constantly reading about like car accidents and the pains that her body <laughs> endure. 
Yeah. Um, so basically the story is yeah. about a woman who um, grew up in a family who were like very cult-like in that like her father, when she was injured, like I think she's one of five or six children, her father wouldn't refuse to take her to the hospital or something. Yeah, they, they don't they don't believe the hospital and they're against government. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and just... then she ended up, anyway, she ended up in Yale or uh, at Yale or some high, Oxford or something. I, I haven't, she ended uh, up... yeah, I'm only halfway through, so. Oh, okay, it's but, only... but like yeah. that's, that's at the back that's of the book, book, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like she, she became, like she didn't go to high school at all. She was like completely homeschooled up until 18, but then somehow a few years later she became like this genius at Oxford or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oprah had a conversation with her. She's very, very famous. I think the narrative sometimes can seem very detached. Like on mm. the book, it seems like mm. she's writing about someone else's story when she's writing it. Like when you mm. read it, um, it, it, just in between the words, it gives me the feeling that she's telling someone's like erratic story. It's just very right, far away from her, I think. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's very dark. And it, for me, it's hard to understand why people behave and choose that kind of a lifestyle. But yeah, again, I'm yeah. not surprised because you see how many people are sucked into conspiracy theories nowadays. Cults and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At some points, I just have to put down the book because the physical, like the injuries and the car accidents, I'm just like, gosh. And they haven't been, and yeah. they haven't gone to the hospital at all. Yeah. That's so horrifying. It seems like both Helen and I are drawn to really fucked up stories of like women in pain or like just people in pain. <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned like trauma porn, like yeah. things like that. Oh yeah, I'm just yeah. like literally reading about sexual assault. <laughs> Another book about sexual assault. <laughs> it's so bad yeah. for our mental health. We're, we're just always drawn to those stories, yeah. So are we okay to jump into a break now? Oh yeah, let's jump into a break. Okay, we'll be right back guys. We, uh, we'll launch into our episode about... Christmas blues, holiday blues, holiday blues, summer blues. Bloody <laughs> we'll hell. be right back. <laughs> okay, see you soon. Hey guys, so we're back. Um, so Helen, what does holiday blues mean to you? What's so bluesy about it? And why are people always so exhausted and tired and stressed? Like seriously, all my most heteronormative friends always just go to me and say, oh, this is the most stressful time of the year. And I'm like, okay, um, why don't you do something about it? Hmm. I think with the quotes like, tis the season to be jolly or the most wonderful year, it's like an expectation of what the society portrayal as like festive season and family togetherness can really mm. really stress people you know because there's an expectation and we often question ourselves that am I living up to the expectation you know sometimes people will feel particularly lonely when you don't you haven't established a certain relationship with someone that you really want to have and also we're talking about people might have estranged family relationships or people who mm. has just recently gone through divorce, breakup. Mm. And we, like with this year, particularly, I think if you have loved one who was lost to the pandemic, um, just 
a, a lot yeah, of com- particularly hard. Yeah, a lot of conflictual feelings during this time of year, with heightened sorrow, perhaps regret, you know, and all a combination of all other emotions. Yeah. Mm. And you see yeah, so what's the TV or what you're seeing in the media is coming out. It's always like Christmas fucking movies. You're supposed to be okay. Happy. By the way, <laughs> I I, I want to say something about that. Like I find Christmas movies the most joyful things in the world. Mm. Like they're they for me. It's like the same feeling I get when I see like Tim Tams. Like it's comforting. Yeah, it is you comforting. Know, I don't. Yeah, it's super comforting. It's super heteronormative all the time, but it's also like just something I snack on. I will sometimes binge um, because it's just like so um, it's like the way the feeling I get when I watch rom-coms it's predictable and I know I'm guaranteed to feel good Um, this pressure thing that you say I don't feel like I feel it I feel like it's just like the people around me often shift their mood during Mm. this time of the year like they Mm. they get they start saying oh my god it's I'm busier like I, I can't do this I can't do that like I'm going away because of this. I guess less people. Nobody, I think, is going away. Not none. Nobody that yeah, I know. It's not this a few year of my friends or now. Not yeah, now. no. Actually, a few of my friends are going back to Melbourne to see their families. Yeah, I have about a handful of friends doing that, and then I have a handful of friends going from coming back from Melbourne, um, which will be precarious now, considering you know the 28 new cases in Sydney. Mm. Um, but yeah, I guess it's a little bit like. Um, the Chinese New Year, you know, in China yeah. when, yeah. when when the whole cities go crazy with like public transport and mm-hmm. m- like huge body bodies, like massive crowds of bodies moving from place to place. I guess it's a little bit like that. Um, mm. uh, you know, I guess this year less so physically, and but but it's always been a uh, a time where people feel like they need there's a obligation to see your family mm-hmm. like yeah the it's word that obligation, obligation that I, yeah yeah it's the it's the notion of ob, having to like doing this duty that you feel like you need to do as like a daughter or a son or a mother or a father that i just kind of want to see destroyed mm-hmm. i don't think we're obliged to do anything or be anything if you don't want to do it you no one should force you to do it. Yeah, I know? think with Asian and cultures, and if you don't want to, and and if you don't want to see someone, just like have an open conversation with them and say, "I really am not in the headspace to do it right now, but in the future, maybe." You know, like open communication. Mm, you know, mm-hmm. I think when you're speaking of Chinese New Year, um, with Asian cultures, there's always a, like a consideration that negative emotions as bad luck, um like oppressing the negative emotions is like kind of preserving like selfishness of individuals and not caring about others like what you just Mm. said that oh we're not obliged we're not we don't have obligations to do things that we don't want but unfortunately with a lot of asian cultures um or at least that's the the way you show love that yeah that's the way you show love that's what you're supposed to do do something yeah, that you don't want to do. Yeah, and negative emotions are usually been considered as taboo. You know, you don't like, for example, in China, during Chinese New Year, you shouldn't be swearing, or you shouldn't tell kids off, or you shouldn't really? um, cry no and things like I that. I didn't know about these because rules. it's considered as bad luck. Like you're oh bringing the bad luck throughout the whole year. Right. Yeah, but usually during this time, like big celebrations brings like a lot of stress to people. Yeah, I don't like being around a lot of people. 
I hate being around a lot of people. But you've been around a lot of people when you were in 20s. You were so, you're, you're out with your friends a lot of times. Jessie is the one that doesn't hang around with her family when she was in her 20s. Well, okay. <laughs> but like, that's just the product of being in your 20s. Now I just can't, like, my favorite thing to do on a Saturday night is like be at home Mm. with a beer, watching a movie, eating pizza. Mm. And also, I, I think I hate, I actually hate New Year's Eve, um, New Year's Eve celebration pressure. Mm-hmm. Like the idea that how you spend midnight on the 31st of December is how, how like it will reflect on how your year will be. I completely don't agree with that at all. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Number one, that's never been the case for me. Number two, I hate being around a lot of people um, at, in the evening, it just, I've never, like, I've become dad. I remember our father, like, <laughs> he hates, when he, we were young, yeah. how dad hated the night crowd. Like, uh, every weekend we would go and hang around the city and we would drive back home at around six or seven, right? Mm-hmm. Parramatta Road. And every time we passed a crowd, like, my dad would always make a point of just, like, shaking his head and <laughs> yeah, start ranting <laughs> about how, like, like, he would always be like, what are these losers doing out? Like, he would judge them and saying, oh, these losers are out. You know, what are they looking for? Like, it's, and then my dad was always like saying how, espousing this idea that it was dangerous to be around. Like he just hated nighttime culture. Mm-hmm. And I have become totally like that. Like I hate, like, I like going out. Like if we're going to the mo- theaters, the movie, like mm-hmm. a music gig, sure. I love all that. But, um, but like this New Year's Eve, I would love nothing more than to be like home in bed asleep at midnight. That's why <laughs> like, I've that's been doing the past years. <laughs> I just don't even care. Like, I do not give a shit yeah. about the fact that another day has passed. Like, the calendar mm. means absolutely nothing to me. And if that calendar thing means something to do to you, then I think you're a fucking loser. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, by the way. Um, but I think some part of me is like, why do you give a shit? It's just a number. It's just a day. Yeah. I don't understand why anyone would give a crap about it. Like, what kind of relationship do you have to the... Um, the western sort of framed calendar it's just like it just seems so arbitrary mm. i don't understand why anyone like maybe in your 20s or if you're a teenager sure like like if you think new year's eve is like a time to party go for it but like as someone who's now in her 30s i'm just like that is so fucking boring <laughs> it is so boring like you can be less mm. there's nothing less in uninteresting there's nothing more uninteresting than New Year's Eve celebrations. I think for a lot of people, it will be something that they need to stimulate their emotion. Um, you know, you feel you, you need to have ups and mark downs. Mark the year? Yeah. Well, not, not necessarily mark the year, but they just feel the need to have that kind of celebration to excite them. As in, Because their lives are so boring. Oh, I, I don't know. You know, I can't speak for those people, but it's just people, either people needs to, um, needed to uh, lie to themselves that the celebration will make them happy or they feel like because everyone's doing it, then I need to do it as well. Yeah. You know, that could yeah. be the reason. What I've read of online about, you know, holiday blues, well, according to Psychology Today, there was a survey that by American Psychological Association uncover that while the majority of people uh, survey report that the feeling of happiness, love and high spirit during holidays, um, there are also emotions uh, accompanied by the feeling of fatigue, stress, irritability, bloatiness, sadness. Around 30 I thought you were going to say blowjob. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people get in blow jobs when they're drunk <laughs> during this yeah, time. Yeah, great. Yeah, awesome. So they should. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so according to the study that 38% of people surveyed say their stress level increased during the holiday season. Um, top uh, elements of stresses are like lack of time, lack of money, commercialization, you know, the pressure yeah. of gift giving and family gatherings. I hate that. Yeah, I have to say I felt that gift giving thing recently mm. in the last few days. And I'm trying to just not make myself feel like I need to give it someone something. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Like you can give, I can give a gift to you, Helen, any time of the year. Why does it have to be at this time? I hate it. Well, because that's what the fucking marketing, you know, feel has made human society commercialized. Oh, it's crazy. And force you to think that it is essential to Necessary, buy things, yeah. yeah, to buy things for At other this people. Time. Can I also just say that um, I'm so aware because I'm so fucking self-aware um, that I everything I've said about like dissing people who love celebrations is so judgy, and I'm just putting you it out are. there. I know <laughs> I'm judging you guys, and I'm not apologizing for it. <laughs> I'm such a fucking bitch, and I'm not apologizing for that. Okay, like sure, if you love celebrating and like like getting your ears smashed you know, in the middle of the night, fine, you do that. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, for me, I hate, I hate that whole party scene. It's just so, like, I just want to be around people I love and be comfortable in my pyjamas or naked, even better, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> just naked in bed and, like, not having to feel like I have to scream or, like, kiss someone or, like, ugh, I'm just yeah. so over all that crap. <laughs> the stimulation of your emotions is different too. <laughs> the majority I, of human I, being, yeah, I guess. I'm ob- yeah, obviously, yeah, I'm just not someone who gets excited by loud spaces. Mm, and, like, yeah, inherently, same. if you I go to a party, yeah. uh, if you're going to a party, like, um, you know, especially a New Year's Eve party, there's going to be heaps of drinking, there's going to be heaps of music, there's going to be, like, if you're at a big party, which is my, my literally my worst nightmare, um, you'll be around people you don't know. Mm. And, like, I can't think of anything worse than going to a party where I don't know many people. Like I don't give. A, I don't want to make new friends. Fuck that. Yeah, you just don't. I'm feel so like over yourself. making new friends. Yeah, I, I just. I, yeah, I don't want to have to put on pretend. an act. Yeah, that's I the agree. thing. I don't yeah. want to have to like chit chat to strangers who, who like I'll never meet again. Like blah, blah. <laughs> like give me. Yeah. Give me one, like. Uh, give me one dinner date with Billy over like a trillion other people. Seriously. <laughs> I do not give a shit about other people. Yeah. It's so... And with a lot of, like, Christmas gatherings with people that you haven't seen for a long time, or even, at, I don't know, if people go into, like, work, Christmas lunch and things like that, I just feel like it's very pretentious. Like, you still have to put up mm. a fa- face, and it's mm. just awkward. I don't know, because myself, I'm very... Um, what's the word? Not extrovert, introvert. Sorry, an introvert. So yeah, I, I am as like... well. I ha- yeah, I hate extroverted people. <laughs> Actually, it's so weird because I do look like someone who's extroverted. You do, you do. But, yeah, but I don't give a shit about anyone else but myself. <laughs> just kidding. I feel more I comfortable. Have to try. I feel more comfortable yeah, with just... people who really understands me, and you yeah, just don't exactly. have to fake. I know. And like literally how many people at this party, New Year's Eve party, if I end up going to one, how many of them will be into books? (laughs) Probably zero. That's how I literally measure people. Do you read? If you don't, fuck off. (laughs) You're not interesting. Billy says I'm super classist. You are. 
Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. And I love like I, well, I finally met Billy the other week. I was we just kind of oh, derailed yeah. our topic a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's it such was really a nice lovely. Person. Yeah. 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 He'll, he'll be he will be like a long time friend. Yeah. I think. Oh yeah. yeah. For me, he is the light of my life. <laughs> I think. Um, coming back to our topic today, I think with particularly in Asian cultures, like holiday blues are likely to induce anxieties, um, mm. like gatherings during Chinese New Year, uh, because that's the time of the year that family come together for Tuan Yuan Fan, you know, the mm. gathering meal, right, to yep. signify the uni- unity, I'm going to quote, you know, unity of family. I feel like it's really a pretentious kind of uh, event, Occasion, yeah, uh-huh. because a lot of this kind of occasion tends to be a lot of relatives that they will just gossip and compare exactly with each yeah. other. The f- yeah, the first thing they'll say it's almost like a wedding, isn't it, Helen? Yeah, it's like a wedding yeah. where we'll like, like wedding. you haven't seen the person for six months, and you're like, the first question they ask you is like, "Are you married yet? Do you have a boyfriend <laughs> yeah. or something like that?" Like I remember going to a friend's party, um, wedding, and the f- and the mother of the groom, uh-huh. um, hadn't seen me in like. Th- five years and she the first question she asked me was have you got a boyfriend yet <laughs> oh like, god and like yeah it's like that's how i'm measured that's how people measure each other mm. you know that's how me- couples are measured that's how um individuals are measured. yeah like yeah there's always judgment placed on like what 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 next step have you taken yeah. so like for a single person have you got a boyfriend for coupled for couples it's have you got married for cu- married couples, it's have you had children? For children who are married, it's has your kid got into James Roos? Yeah. It's yeah. like it's always, always just like measuring other people. Yeah, I think That's it's why I like, terribly like, even bad though I love in weddings, Asian cultures. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even though I love weddings and gatherings, it's like there's always that element of someone always just hitting your bu- wrong buttons, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, what fucking right do you have to invade my space? Mm-hmm. Or like the... What right do you have to ask me about my life? Like, fuck off. Like, uh, I think it's more an indication of their own security. Yeah, their own insecurity. If someone too. is asking yeah. you, like, if you've got married or if you have kids yet, it's more like um, they are insecure about their own life or, mm-hmm. like, what they have or haven't done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the Asian social circles, I feel like a comparison is is really visible. Like, it's mm. about... Either your kid's academic progress, your own career, how's your marriage, or has your income increased? Um, have you mm. lost weight or have you put on weight? Or, you know, yeah, they exactly. just check you out every single factors in your life. You know, what material yep, goods yep. you have. Have you bought a house? Have you changed a car? Um, yeah, have you got two sets of linen? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a really white thing to say. <laughs> But so like they don't ask. It, it it feels personal, but it's like on the on the borderline. They think that it's okay to ask. Oh, yeah. I hate those people. Yeah, and yeah. like you said, they totally they. I think that it reflects on their own insecurities as well. And I don't think I have many friends nowadays that will ask me that because I'm pretty much, <laughs> pretty much um, not hanging around with those kind of people anymore. Good. Yeah. yeah. Nowadays, like, uh, well, the the cl- my close friends will talk about mental health issues, and we talk about sex. You know, it's yeah. Like, I would prefer people asking me about my sex life than, I don't know, how much is your house worth now, <laughs> or something like that. 
Oh my god, that's such an ugly question. Yeah. It's just very materialistic, Some... you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when people ask that kind of question. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about like the girls in Sex and the City and how they measure the men in terms of, you know, how much money they have and um my friend um Billy said this amazing thing the other night when we were watching like for the women, um, for the men in the show, mm. uh, money money is like a surrogate phallic substitute. Mm. Yeah, like, um, yeah. It's it's like if I a... if I can't please it, like, and and it's really interesting that a lot of hetero like a straight a lot of straight men their favorite character is Charlotte because Charlotte is the most basic simpleton in the show. She's mm. like a fucking six year old basically. Mm-hmm. Um, I fucking hate her so much. <laughs> I hate Charlotte. Like if I met Charlotte in real life, I'll fucking stab her in the eye. Sorry, that sounded so violent. Um, it is very but violent. she's just such Yeah, you sorry. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't even speak to that kind of people. I think. I, I just like I hate her so much. She's so bloody conservative and she just uh, like is only attracted to um you know Wall Street guys um who are really bad in bed. But like what happens with shallow people like the women in Sex and the City is like they use they only want to be around people who like them like, use money as a way to, like, I don't know, it's a substitute for just being a normal human being. Like, every single guy that they date is, like, just so fucking boring, mm-hmm. so basic. Like, Carrie dates Big and Aiden, they're both, like, basically the same thing. Only um, Aiden doesn't wear a suit. Uh-huh. You know, Big is always in a suit. Um Steve is like a child, you know, Miranda, Steve is a child. I should stop because I'll just go on forever. But um, it's like just I have a theory that the more money someone has, the more like boring they are. <laughs> <laughs> like the more they use money as a way to substitute other things, like the the fact that they can't please a woman in the bedroom or the mm. fact that they have zero personality or the, the fact that they're C-U-N-T's. Like my ex-boyfriend was like, he made like a trillion dollars a year and literally he um, he would take me out to like a five-star restaurant, what am I saying, five-star restaurant, like a hatted restaurant almost every week and yet he was like, he was an abuser, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. he was abusive. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying there's a correlation between rich people and cuntiness, but I sort of am saying that in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because they're just entitled it's something materialistic would would compensate some part of your life that you don't have to worry at least you don't have to worry yeah. about that you don't have any you don't have a shelter you don't have food but yeah. beyond I that also, they would not think too much yeah because wealth inherently bars you from experiencing um any sort of adversity mm-hmm. i think yeah yeah that's true um and so, like, if you if you are climbing the ladder and becoming more, I think the more middle class you become, the less willing you are to fight for like social justice issues and care about other people because it because what that like because the more rights that marginalized people have, it, the less your life will be buoyed by your privileges and your comfort and your mm-hmm. you know all those things that you take for granted because of your wealth. Yeah, yeah. you know. Um, so like yeah like it's funny that you say you know I'm so and also that I'm so openly classist because like if I was a racist obviously that would be like against the law right yeah like as in like There's if no I if I said like I about class yeah like classes. if I said I don't like a certain type of person like based on their race I could be jailed 
or find. But um, if I say I I don't like people who don't read, um, that's like accepted. That's still like really snobby of me, mm-hmm. obviously. Mm-hmm. But I think um, what I'm saying. Well, I guess, yeah, I can see the shittiness of what I'm saying because a lot of people don't have access to books. Well, you've got to see, depending on their social environment, that whether exactly. or not education yeah. is valued and in particularly that whether or not they are an oppressed group. We're talking yeah, about like, people who, they're not choosing not to read, but sometimes they're just they environments can't. don't allow yeah. them to have exactly. the access to the resource. Yeah. Yeah, like when I grew up, when I was a kid, when I read a book in bed, one of my parents would say, I won't name who, but they would say, um, um, stop stop reading and do, go do something useful. Yeah, so like in our yeah. family, the culture of reading was like looked it down wasn't, upon. It wasn't really encouraged, I guess. Yeah, it's not seen as useful. Yeah, because that's the, that's the upbringings they had. You know, it's always yeah, laborious, exactly. hardworking. Yeah. You need to do yeah, something rather than idling all day <laughs> like use your brain yeah well they didn't value the use of brain whereas uh, my life is based on relationships where people use their brains yeah. like i only all my friends are people who spend most of their days um operating within their mind mm-hmm. like i don't think i have one tradie friend and that is like a poor reflection on myself i have to say mm. like i i know that my classism is a very terrible part of who I am and I shouldn't like brag about it in the way that I have done so far in this episode comically like obviously now that I'm talking to Helen and sort of unpacking <laughs> that classism I'm seeing the errors of it I mean I knew that that was fucked up mm, mm. but um I think if you live a life where you don't have friends close friends who who are like plumbers or electricians or just someone who doesn't live in the mind, um, your life is poorer for it. Um, and I think my life is poorer for it. I just don't know how to be friends with someone who doesn't read books. Oh man, I'm pretty sure. Now that I'm making are, like a terrible yeah, assumption that I'm you know, pretty sure there are a lot of tradies will read. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I'm being fucking discriminatory right now. I'm completely aware of that. Let's talk about financial stress, like the culture of giving. Yeah. I think it's very detrimental and creates so much waste. I mean, two years ago, yeah. I joined this group called Minimus Live where cool. during like prior to any kind of celebrations people start saying that oh what kind of things that you can give to minimize the waste which mm. I thought was really good I mean experience has been like really highlighted in the last few years rather than giving mm. gifts objects yeah objects you give in like experience like you said I think yeah. that's really important like I think you said about two episodes ago that you prefer someone just spend some time with you take a long walk and have a good conversation yeah. i think that's very just important just attention pay yeah. attention to me yeah exactly i mean with chinese culture it's all about face value i think there's really no deep sediment when you're giving like home bao <laughs> it's just giving yeah. money just here here's a hundred bucks goodbye and i never want to talk to you again <laughs> You do it because you have to do it. Yeah. Because it looks good. Uh-huh. Like my, I have to say though, that it borders on like uh, some things like, some things I think are just polite and I actually like that. Mm. So for instance, mum always said to me and us, when, when we go to a person's place, we should always bring something. Mm-hmm. And I think I like that. I, I think that's really polite. Yeah. I, I think yeah, out of politeness is fine. But with something that you feel like you have to do, then 
yeah, you no, lose yeah. the actual meaning. I feel like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, there's a lot of financial burden during this time that a lot of people don't openly talk about. And yeah. I have to say, like, so Helen and I, we have well, I, I not Helen, but I have like five <laughs> or six nephews and nieces. That's like what thirty dollars per gift because I only buy them books. What's thirty? That's a hundred and eighty dollars. Mm. And then, like, I have to spend fifty dollars on everyone in my family. That's like six people. What's six times fifty? Three hundred. Three hundred, uh, like four. I'm spending five hundred dollars yeah. during Christmas, almost five hundred. You know, that's that's not that's not small. That's not small you know? for people who is single or in one, you know, one income. I know. That's like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. Especially, like, we stopped giving the adults gifts about two years ago. Yeah. We started doing the secret center, which is better because we just have to concentrate on the person that we're giving the gift rather yeah, than, true. you know, if you're including all the in-laws, it'll be like almost 10 people that you have to be oh my stressed God, about. No. That's awful, yeah. Yeah, and with our mother, she would just... I think with our mother, it's often stre- super, super stressful for her, particularly during... Maybe not Christmas, but for Chinese New Year, like the worshipping ceremony, I can remember that she always want to have the proper amount of food and the type of food for the ancestor mm. altar. And the timing yeah. needs to be exact. Like It's just a constant right. grappling of the old traditional conservative culture ceremonies. It's super stressful yeah. for her. Yeah. yeah, she's never relaxed. I just want to be around relaxed people yeah, I know. during Christmas. Yeah, I guess there's really just no chill. point... To call a celebration when you, like, no, I'm not relaxed. Like, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, good point. Yeah, and also the fucking and, planning, shopping, cooking are all done by women. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Most of the time, you're right. Um, I have to say though, let me go on a two minute rant about Christmas wrapping paper. I have <laughs> I hate no it. idea why anyone buys wrapping paper. <laughs> Sorry, but you're destroying the world. <laughs> <laughs> like I use um newspaper or like just like mm-hmm. recycled um paper like or or like paper bags, paper bags. you know, when you go yeah. like, and you can even reuse yesterday it. I went to Priceline yeah. yeah you can um Priceline had a paper bag I just um cut that up and used it for wrapping a book yeah. that I gifted to um someone today like I have no idea why <laughs> anyone buys wrapping paper <laughs> sorry I'm just gonna do that again yeah. I really don't know. <laughs> it is such a waste. <laughs> I think it's the sense of surprise when you open it, like uh, expectation, especially for kids. Like when we're talking about Christmas, sometimes people say, oh, yeah. it's all about children, you know, you need to make them yeah. happy. I'm like, yeah. fucking hell, children are happy enough. They've got enough <laughs> during yeah, the exactly. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, I understand. I think for wrapping paper, it just it's all about aesthetics. It needs to look pretty. Mm. That's why people yeah. buy wrapping paper. You yeah. want it to look pretty. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't give a shit about prettiness. It's a content. It's that's such more an important. Instagram world. It's such yeah, exactly. It's such an Instagram world we live in. You know, Instagram has totally fucked us over. Mm. Like everything yeah. needs to look pretty now. Pretty, yeah, yeah. And like um. Where when we had the white hipster book club, there were two books that were like the. The two people didn't wrap their presents. They just kept them in the um, better red than dead like paper bag, and well, that's like fine. nobody picked that. Yeah, that's fine because you still could get a good book, right? Yeah. But nobody picked it. They were the last books to be picked out of the pile because they looked the least pretty. 
Yeah, and it's you, all you about prettiness. You didn't pick those two books either. Well, actually, I stole a book from someone else mm. because I wanted a book that someone had already opened because it was Evil Secret Santa. Um, so uh-huh. I stole a book. I didn't want to pick. Yeah, but that that yeah. book was stolen again from me. So anyway, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, anything else that you want to add? On? Yeah. Any final words? I think you just have to reevaluate your priorities. You know, like for. Mm. The time of celebration, you really have to think what is really important to you, and what aligns with your value. Don't just go on blindly and do whatever everyone tells you to do, or what your culture have kind of brainwashed you <laughs> to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Don't just yeah binge yourself with a lot of food and get drunk. You know, oh my gosh! Kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like make your own rituals, you know. Be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Relax. Just be more selfish, especially the women out there. Fucking be more selfish. If you don't want to do something, fucking don't do it. Yeah. That's what I want. That's what I want to yeah. leave our listeners. Jesus Christ! Like everyone has had a shitty. Like everyone has had a hard year. We get that. I'm not gonna say shitty because some people didn't have mm-hmm, shitty years, mm-hmm, but everyone mm-hmm. has had really interesting, perhaps difficult, but definitely mm-hmm. like a very interesting, um, surprising year. Just give yourself a rest. You know, like put yourself first. Yeah, the world would be a better place if women put themselves first. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, we're talking we're we're talking about this concept of self care. Self care is not just simply going out to get spa. You just stop pleasing other people. Yeah, just that's self care. Do what you want. Self care is not giving a <laughs> shit about anyone else. Someone quote yeah. me on that. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's Helen's quote. Self care equals. Not giving a shit about anybody else. I love that. Except dogs. For Helen. And for Jesse, except books. But books are not humans. Yeah. Dogs are like living beings. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, so we just want everyone to look after themselves first yeah. because that's the most important thing. To exactly. Do. Yeah, exactly. Unless you can't, you can look after yourself, you can't look after self. You can't look after someone else. Yeah, yeah. precisely. All right, let's wrap up, Helen. Okay. And next week, Helen, it'll be Christmas. Yeah, so we're going to record next week right before Christmas. Okay, so once again, thank you to our listeners. Remember to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, and we're now on Acast. If you have enjoyed our show, please give us a, uh, our podcast a five-star rating and share with your friends. We're now on Acast support, so if you like, please support our show by donation. Buy us a coffee or a chai latte. You can also find our updates on Facebook and Instagram. To search Asian bitches down under. We welcome discussions and feedbacks. So we'll chat to you next time. Next week when it's a Monday until Christmas. Yeah. Stay tuned for our interesting topic. Okay, and remember, self-care equals not giving a shit about anyone else. <laughs> yeah. With yourself first. Okay, bye. Yeah. Remember yeah. to wear masks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, masks. Okay, bye. Bye.